0: Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello everyone, welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 235. Actually, this is 236 of the world's most dangerous podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. With me again today, the conscience of Red Leg Nation, Bill Lack. How are you today, Bill? (laughs)
1: Oh, I'm wonderful. If I'm the conscience, this this thing's in a lot of big trouble here. I'm, I'm talking to you today from the the heart of baseball weather, as I said. That got up this morning. We had an ice storm, and half of my front tree in my front yard was in the street.
0: It makes you, it makes you miss uh, the spring and baseball weather, doesn't it?
1: Makes me ready for spring training.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I'm getting that way too. Uh, and I'm still hopeful about what the Reds are going to do before spring training, so I guess I'm still excited about it. Um, We had some huge news in uh, Reds land, Bill. Scooter Jeanette is going to serve as the honorary starter for the NASCAR Ford EcoBoost 300. What do you think about that? What's the the EcoBoost 300? Hey, that's that's one of them NASCAR races. Where is it? It's in Miami.
1: Oh, okay. Well, at least he's smart enough to get the hell out of here when the weather's good.
0: I, I mean, when the weather. Yeah, I didn't know they raced in Miami. I didn't know. Well, I shouldn't say that. I I I know NASCAR exists. So that's about as much as I know about NASCAR. <laughs> oh, so that's not uh, the big news. There's not been a ton of big news in Redland. That's Red huge. That, that, but uh, but there are a couple things. <laughs> Do you think it's telling that they ha- that they haven't signed Jeanette to anything as of yet? Uh, no. No, I'm, I'm guessing that the negotiations are ongoing and, you know, uh, they, they didn't trade him by the trade deadline. So really what's the rush right now? You know, they're, they've not traded anybody or they're not signed anybody. So they may want to go through, go to, through some of these, uh, negotiations with other teams and trying to improve the team. And they want, you know, Jeanette's a trade piece. So I don't think it's, uh, surprising. It's a little surprising, I guess, in the sense that, uh, the owner Bob Castellini loves uh, scooter so much, and uh, I was afraid he would pull rank. But I'm not that surprised. Are you surprised? A little. I, I, I mean, I, I'm kind of surprised
1: they didn't have him sign before the end of the season. I really thought they'd they'd do a deal after the after the uh, trade deadline. Uh, but maybe this is a good sign that, that you know that they haven't made any decisions on. Long-term contracts or anything like that. You don't want to see how much money they're going to spend elsewhere.
0: Yeah. What worries me though is that he, the Reds aren't going to be able to afford him now since he's the honorary starter for a, a NASCAR race. I think that jacks that, up his price.
1: That, that worries you?
0: Oh yeah, I'm afraid that might uh, price him out of the Reds. I can
1: remember, because I, I, I can remember when you wanted to put Jeanette on the first bus out of town.
0: <laughs> oh, Scooter Jazz, my favorite player. You're crazy.
1: Oh, I thought that was Billy Superman Hamilton. Oh,
0: he is a comic book superhero. He's a comic book character. There ain't no doubt about that. <laughs> I'm not gonna ask what you mean by that. Uh, let's, uh, let's ignore... let's oh, ignore and Moose and Archie and <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh. Boy, you're going old school on me there. Uh, you go. Um, showing my age, showing my age. I guess the conscience of Red Leg Nation. Now you know this is the world's most dangerous podcast, right?
1: Yeah, I heard yeah, you said that I, that I, that is a curiosity. What makes it so dangerous?
0: You don't think what we do is dangerous? Well, we do do it without a net. It's <laughs> true. Listen, man, we're just winging it here. There's no doubt about that. Just like uh and you and I will argue about Viewer Mail later, but just like Viewer Mail is named in homage to uh the Dave Letterman segment. Dave Letterman's band used to be the world's most dangerous band. Paul Schaefer in the world's most dangerous band. So,
1: and David Letterman is one of the world's most unfunny people. So there you go. Of course, you, you think, uh, what's his name? Will Farrell's funny, too. So that shows you have absolutely no sense of union.
0: You have said some ludicrous things over the years, Bill Lack, but you keep piling them on, man. Those are two comic geniuses, David oh, Letterman. Yeah. Oh, Bill yeah. Ferrell.
1: There's Richard Pryor and then there's Will Farrell.
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> Maybe the other way around.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, if was, you're looking from the bottom up. Uh,
0: man, Bill. Your stock is what? dropping.
1: What what, what 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 has Will Farrell ever done that is funny? What's he ever done that wasn't
0: funny? Um Anchorman, Elf. <laughs> um Oh my gosh. This has I'll been the- Bill Lacks' final appearance on Red Leg Nation Radio. Oh don't don't threaten me, boy. <laughs> <laughs> don't pull, try to pull that paycheck away from me, right? Right. Um I'll take you to arbitration. Oh, my gosh. I caught the last... <laughs> right. I caught the last, you know, 45 minutes of Anchorman the other day. And uh, just, it was on when I was flipping through and sat and laughed, laughed, laughed. Milk was a bad choice. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> hey, Lydia in the red hat. All right. Anyway, that's uh, my Anchorman. That's Close. as much Will Ferrell as I need for today. Oh, my gosh. Ron Burgundy. Oh, so anyway... Uh, to to get back on a more serious note, we do we probably should mention, because um, I don't think we've mentioned it on the podcast just yet, which is the uh, just horrific car crash that happened down in the Dominican Republic that uh, killed one Reds minor league player and injured two others. Um, this happened earlier uh, in November. Jairo Capellan, right-handed pitcher, 19 years old, died in that car crash. And a couple other guys, another right-handed pitcher, Raul Hernandez, Emilio Garcia, an outfielder, uh, all three were 19 or 19, um, but uh, Capion passed away unfortunately of injuries sustained in that, and just a sort of traumatic thing for those kids and for their families, and we just a uh, just a heartbreaking situation. At 19 years old, and thought we should probably address it. Yeah, it's it's awful. Um, Not much you can really say about it. It's just no, you know
1: when and, and you know even even when you're as old as I am, you can remember when you were that age and you think you're indestructible. And, you know,
0: especially and, a professional athlete. Yeah,
1: it's just it's just it's just a shame. It's just an, an awful, awful thing.
0: It is. And I'm just uh oh, just a heartbreak broken for his family and uh, and for these uh, other kids that did survive, fortunately, and who it looks like I think they're going to be OK eventually. But, uh man, what a thing to go through when you're 19 years old. It's just uh it's sad. And so, uh, you know, for whatever it means to anyone. Uh, we certainly send out our condolences. Um, and count your blessings
1: every day and live your life every day like it's the last
0: day. Really? I mean, you know, this is a 19-year-old professional athlete, and that's exactly the, uh, the lesson the rest of us should realize is that, you know, there's a lot more important than, you know, uh, what guys the red sign and, uh, you know, whether the Reds win 90 games or lose 90 games. Things are more important than that, even though we spend so much time obsessing about it. And, and we're going to continue obsessing about it, fear not, but. I agree um Bill I hadn't gotten your thoughts because uh, we haven't talked in a couple weeks uh, had they had the Reds hired pitching coach Derek Johnson when we talked before I know they Turner Ward the hitting coach hadn't hadn't been hired yet I can't remember i I think it
1: was a week between the bell signing and before they hired
0: that's what I thought we I didn't think we'd talked since the the coaches what were your thoughts on the on Turner Ward from the Dodgers as the hitting coach and uh Derek Johnson from the Brewers as a pitching coach. Uh, I, I thought very on, interesting hires.
1: Based on the track record of what they what they've done and what I've read, I mean, you you have to be phenomenally impressed. Uh, I can't, and this is the, this is the the glass half empty guy in me. I can't figure out why they wanted to
0: come here. <laughs> That's what you texted me right after Derek Johnson uh, came over uh, from Milwaukee. I'm-
1: but, you know, as you if you've read, especially about Johnson, I, I haven't read this as much about, about, what's the hitting coach's name, Ward? Turner Ward, yes. Ward, yeah. I haven't read this as much about the hitting side, but it sounds like they're going to give him kind of carte blanche in the organization to set up a pitching philosophy, which is something that we've been claim, you know, wanting them to do for years.
0: Or not is necessarily that, hire somebody to give them the whole run of the joint, but just change something because what they're doing is clearly not working.
1: Well, or, or But have an organizational philosophy.
0: Oh right, right, right. You know
1: that's what we—at least I know I've been saying for years. You know you can't do things at one way, one level, and then they go up to the next level and you want them to do a different way. I mean it, it doesn't, that doesn't—that doesn't make any sense. So it sounds to me like they've got—you know—at least from what I've read, they—they've they, given at least the pitching coach a, a, a lot of control over the organization, uh, philosophy. I would assume maybe they'll do the same thing on the hitting side because I, I think it's a good idea. Um, but both of these guys have had phenomenal success at the big league level. Uh, you, you you have to you know I hate this. The Reds are getting me excited. <laughs> you know they're they're giving me hope.
0: No, it's awful, isn't it?
1: Just to crush it, you know. As I you know, when they under their heel, you know, as we go into spring training with you know, Matt Harvey is our big signing. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, don't don't please don't say that again.
1: But. <laughs> But I, I, I don't know how can you can not be impressed with the two coaches that they've, that they've brought in thus far. I, I mean, you know, they got their number one guys. We, you know, in fact, from what I read, neither one of these guys were on their lists when they were making lists because they didn't think they'd be available.
0: Yeah, I think they were uh, sort of uh, aspirational.
1: Yeah, and and, the, and for them to get both of these guys, you know, who would who have been very very successful in recent times, it's not like these guys, and you know, fairly young guys. I, I'm really excited about you know the the, the makeup of the major league st- you know, it's coaching staff right now between Bell and these and these two guys. I mean, and it's been fascinating I, to watch. Happy, and I'm happy when I read that Riggleman will not be back.
0: <laughs> I knew that would make you excited. Uh, that's 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 you just from a. Uh, public perception standpoint that we're making a clean break from the yeah. team that's uh, lost 90-plus games for four straight seasons. Uh, I like the fact that it, these hires, and we'll move on to something else because uh, we have discussed it, but I like the fact that these hires have been universally lauded around baseball, national media. Um, MLB Network was raving about Turner Ward uh, the other day. Uh, I just I, I like the fact that the Reds are getting guys who are not just – in the past we'd say well guys that the Reds could get you know they're going out to get guys that are uh, considered to be valuable by every organization base or guys that most organizations would like to have they're not just getting whoever they can get that'll come to Cincinnati uh, and it'll, too often when it comes to free agent discussions that's what you hear oh they'll never come to Cincinnati but uh, I don't know you know I'm, I'm, I'm interested in what it means for the rest of the offseason a it could mean that they're just gonna uh, Hire these great coaches and pay for these great coaches and hope that that um, if they go get some just sort of mid-level players uh, to add to the roster, that these good coaches can help coach them up. If that's what happens, I'm done. But uh, if it's that if it's an indication that they're really truly opening the wallet and uh, opening the uh, uh, you know the, the trade market, I guess uh, and, and serious about improving this club, then it could be a very very good sign. And uh, uh, I don't want to be skeptical. Um, but I'm 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 like you. I am a little bit uh, excited right now, just to the way this thing's going.
1: Well, you, you hope that, as you said, you know they went out and got pot, maybe the best two free agent coaches on the market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you wonder, you hope that that will extend into the player section. But, well, but you, you 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 talked about you know them bringing in a mid level guy and hoping that they can coach him up. You know that's kind of what happened in Milwaukee with the pitching staff, though. They didn't go out and get any, you know, huge number one guy.
0: Yeah, not in terms of pitchers, right? Right,
1: that's what I'm saying. You know, and and, and he turned that staff into a pretty daggone good pitching staff.
0: Yeah, yeah, but... Uh... But I, that, that's not to say I don't want him to go out. <laughs> if, if that's what they're planning on doing, it reminds me of what they did all through the early 2000s with when Don Gullett, uh, or the late 90s and the early 2000s, when Don Gullett was pitching coach, and they'd go out and get, you know, these retreads and say gullet's going to coach him up and that's why i'm a little bit gun shy at, as to that thought i don't think that's what we're seeing i think it's a, ser- a real change in philosophy but um and i think early returns are encouraging um and you know the, the gm meetings just ended and there was a lot of interesting quotes out of the gm meetings and uh one was a rumor that the reds are uh, linked as a possible trade destination for sunny gray uh yankees pitcher Sonny gray who uh had been with the A's before and has had a solid career, some injury issues. But uh, Gray p- played for Derrick Johnson in college at Vanderbilt. So Gray's more of a mid-level type guy. He's not, a, he's not an ace at this point. Um, he's not a top-of-the-rotation guy necessarily. But he's a solid pitcher that I would love to see reunited with Derek Johnson, And depending on what they'd have to give up in trade. So that's the type of guy I would love to see, a guy with some upside uh, who has had some success. I don't think that's taken a flyer, but he's in print. He's been they've been the Reds have been linked to that. I don't know what it would take to get him, but you know, um, if Derek Johnson, I guess is the point I'm trying to make is if he can make it more palatable for somebody to come here. And there's a lot of things, mostly money, that are going to be on a free agents' mind. But um, if that can be a small part of it, uh, win-win for the Reds, right?
1: Yeah, I think if you're one of those top two or three guys that would you know that have been mentioned in pitchers money is going to be their determining factor if you're somebody like now gray isn't a free agent but, but you know somebody at that level the, the coach may make a difference because if they feel like he could turn them from a, a good starter into a great starter then that it could you know be a part of the decision making process you know maybe a big part of the decision making process now, if they signed Gray and somebody about again at his level, would you be happy with that?
0: Uh, no. Okay. But, um, I wouldn't be satisfied with it. I think they've got to get a top of the rotation guy.
1: You're not going to be happy with anybody but the one of the top two or three guys that are out there, are you?
0: Well, I think they really need to go get one of those guys. I think they need to do everything possible. They may not be able to. They may, you got to convince the guy to come here, but. If they get one of those guys and trade for a sunny Gray type, I'm pretty happy then. I'm extremely happy then, actually. Um, and and you know, who are we talking about? Uh, we can talk some more about that uh, a little bit later as we answer some questions. But um, if they don't go and if they don't land one of the top guys, I'm not going to be upset. If I don't feel like they really, truly went all in to try to get those guys, then I'm going to be upset. And it's going to be the same old Reds, basically. Does that make sense? I
1: know what you're saying. I, you know, I, I think that my expectations for what will happen are probably a little less than yours.
0: Uh, maybe I've been beat down by more, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> more than you have. I may be looking through rose-colored glasses here and seeing what I, you know, what I want to see. But I, you know, all the indicators are there that they really are going to go all in. Um, and does that mean they're going to go out and sign the three best pitchers available? No, that's crazy. But uh trade for one, you know, um sign another. Uh yeah, maybe get another uh I don't know if you need to get another outfielder in here, but yeah, get another outfielder in here depending on what your plans are for Nixon Zell.
1: Well and what you're gonna and what you end up doing if you have, if you're gonna if you're gonna trade for a pitcher, you're gonna give up an outfielder. I, I have to believe that they're one of the one of the outfielders that are currently on this ball club would be part of a deal.
0: Well maybe. It depends. Depends on what the you know the needs are, but uh, I can't imagine the Yankees are going to be giving up Sonny Gray um, cheaply. I think he's still got uh, two more years before he's a free agent. I think he's in arbitration, so uh, he made uh, six and a half million last year.
1: In twenty twenty,
0: yeah. So. Um, Sign me up for Sonny Gray, depending on what the price is. I think it's the type of guy the Reds should be looking to get, especially with the relationship with uh, Derek Johnson. But, again, the Reds need to be looking under every rock. And uh, those are the reports that they're talking to a lot of teams. And also the reports were, and I mentioned this on the last podcast, but you and I haven't talked about it, which is that the reports are that, according to a couple of agents at the GM meetings, the Reds are talking to every agent about every pitcher that they're very, very active in trying to upgrade the pitching. And so I see reports like that, and I'm, you know, again, that's more that uh, they're trying to get me to be optimistic again. I can't believe it. it. gives you hope anyway. That's all I'm asking for, really. You know, hope is not a strategy, as I've often said. But, you uh, silly boy. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> what's that? That's said you silly boy. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm starting to, to hope. Uh, speaking of hope. There was an article in the Inquirer this week, I think written by Bobby Nightingale, um, and essentially it was, here's the quote from Dick Williams, and I think a lot of people misinterpreted this. Um, Dick Williams, Reds president of baseball operations, said, we cannot turn this thing into a winner solely by pulling a player from the outside. It's going to have to also rely on continued improvement internally. That's why the coaching staff will continue to make these guys better. So we cannot turn this thing to a winner solely by pulling a player from the outside. Um, these guys that we've got. that's why the coach has got to continue to make these guys better. A lot of people interpret that as they're preparing us for not signing anyone, and they're gonna go into the season hoping these young guys pitch well again and again, hope is not a strategy. Uh, is that how you read that or uh, I think no, I mean, my
1: if somebody asked my response to that quote, I'd say, well duh
0: I would I would agree with it absolutely 100
1: percent I agree <laughs> I mean let's say they get the two guys you want, whoever those two guys are. What two guys, if if you could pull any two guys that you think are available, who would you, who would you want to be? Uh, Dallas Keuchel and Patrick Corbin. Okay. We got them both. Wow. So we're, so we're one, two Castillo's three. Then what? You got to hope that the four and five guys are better than they were last year, or you're or you're losing two out of every five
0: minimum. Yeah. The coaching staff has to continue to make these guys better. Absolutely true. their job is. Yes, and uh, the Reds are going to need some improvement from some young guys that you would expect to improve. That's just a fact. Mm -hmm. If they're going to be a winner. If those guys don't improve, then I don't care. You can bring in those two guys. You're still going to struggle. You you might turn them into a 500 team.
1: Yeah, that doesn't doesn't get you in a playoffs, not in our division.
0: I know, but it sounds pretty good, 500.
1: I make it I'll how sad it. is that that we' that we're salivating it it you know uh, right eighty one yeah, um so but you know to me, anybody that's overreacting to that is is downplaying the rest of what we're seeing what appears to be going on
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, and and I understand it you know because you again, as I said earlier, you've been beat down for so long. You know, and I won't say that they've lied to us the last couple of years, but they haven't been as forthcoming about what you could expect from this team is, is, you know, as we were led to believe. And I know you and I both thought they'd be a lot better this year than they, than they
0: were. Yeah, no doubt. So, but to the, to the point of coaching them up, uh, as we've mentioned a couple of times, I thought it was interesting as well. Nick Crawl, Reds general manager, Nick Crawl said that, uh, you know, the, all these pitchers uh, that have been with the pro- the team are going to be in for Reds Fest and uh, they're going to sit down with Derek Johnson and the pitchers and go through where they are in the off season and what, you know, what they need to do to get themselves going to be prepared for the season. And uh, so I like, you know, Derek Johnson's in there working with these guys. And then they also, t- Nick Carl also talked about uh, Homer Bailey. You remember Homer Bailey? I remember
1: I, I, I was down the stadium one time, and something flew in the stands. I got hit by his wallet, and it knocked me
0: unconscious. Oh, here he, there he goes again. <laughs> Everybody's got to mention the contract. Well, they only owe him twenty-eight million more dollars. That's it. Um, but they asked uh, Nick Crawl about uh, you know what's going to happen with Homer yeah. Bailey, and Crawl basically said he's they're, they're, he's coming to spring training with the team. He's under contract, and then he said, "I think it's important for us to see how he comes in and performs. We'll see what happens." So, not exactly a uh, ringing endorsement of Homer Bailey, and and, and I don't <laughs> that's think Homer exactly Bailey. Exactly
1: the words I was thinking.
0: Yeah, I don't think Homer Bailey ever starts another game for the Reds. Uh, I just don't. I don't see it. So,
1: is Homer Bailey on the on the ball club on opening day?
0: That's a that's a really tough call. The, <laughs> the Reds, as they have operated for the last. Well, my whole lifetime, um, he's probably on the opening day roster because he's owed so much money. The Reds that I hope we're seeing a sort of a change in philosophy would not keep a guy like that around. So it'll tell me something about, and of course it might be just Castellini. I'm paying this guy $28 million. Well, $23 million for the season, and then there's a $5 million buyout. So you don't have to have him back next year. Um, Of course,
1: they're still paying Junior, and they're still paying Bronson Arroyo,
0: so. Yeah, but I'd rather have (laughs) Junior on the roster on opening day than Homer Bailey. (laughs) You know? So, I don't know. I don't know, but it's going to be an interesting offseason all the way around. Hey, Bill, you want to answer some questions? Sure. How about some viewer mail questions, Bill Lack? I don't think anybody can see me, so they couldn't be a viewer. Say you're you're raging against the machine, and the viewers have spoken. It's viewer. Answer. I don't think the viewers have spoken. They've spoken. They've spoken, and we're going to uh, answer a few of them. I'm going to answer the first question, which came to us actually from Twitter. But I'm going to encourage you not to ask these questions on Twitter, only because it's easier for me to lose them. If you will email them to me, Chad Dotson at RedLegNation.com. Easier for me to get those uh, those questions. Uh, Sort of collated. We go through all of them. I read every one of them and we try to pick as many as we can to answer. But the first one I'm going to take is from Thomas Dennis at TC Dennis 7, um, who said, Cannot remember where to ask viewer mail. Viewer mail. He said, "Uh, This will have to do, and I'm going to take it, but you know what? Um, It's just because I like you, Thomas. Could Derek Johnson make Matt Harvey more like his former self? Which goes back to what we were just talking about. I think, yeah, sure. If you don't expect Harvey to be his former self when you sign him, or you don't pay him as if he were his former self, if the Reds bring him back as a number five starter, I'm happy to let Derek Johnson go into the lab with him and see if they can, uh, you know, work out whatever the issues are. Is that fair enough? Yeah. You don't. I, you don't want Harvey.
1: I don't want Harvey. I. I think the ship has sailed on him ever being a. Better than below average major league pitcher. No matter who, you know, no matter who the pitching coach is. What if it's Don Gullett? I, I, I think we've got a better pitching coach than Don Gullett ever was.
0: I think so, too. I do. Um, but he's never helped the Reds win a game. He's helped the Reds lose a lot of games, though. Yeah. <laughs> coaching up that opposition. Okay, so, you know... Um, Again, I'm okay with Harvey coming back as a number five guy. I don't have necessarily have a huge problem with that. Um, I'm I have a problem if they pay him for as more than if a number five guy. But I would like to see what Derek Johnson could do with him, but not enough to overpay for him. So um, I still think Harvey is a pretty good bet to be here next year. I do too.
1: I, I, yeah, my
0: my my concern is the same as yours
1: that they overpay him and expect him to be a number two or you know.
0: They go get Sonny Gray. Hey, he made an All Star team. They go get. They bring Matt Harvey back. Hey, he made a couple All Star teams. There's our two stars. But really, what you got is a number three. We could probably sign.
1: We could sign Jim Maloney. He made some All
0: Star teams. No hitters. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I'm saying. If that's what they do, they go get Sonny Gray and they bring back Matt Harvey, and that's the only moves they make in the rotation. Then no, they're not. They're not serious about competing next year. Or they weren't able to get some of these other guys, you know. Um, but the, if yeah, that's. All, that, and, and we may never know how close they came to getting some of these. Guys. No, no. We'll know if they're sort of in the mix. Those reports will come out, but we may never know how close they were, or how serious they were as suitors for any of these guys. And so yep. um, we'll just have to judge it on publicly available knowledge, but uh, I, I expect to see them in the mix for everybody. Because I, I don't still see how they can have another year like they've had. They've got It's got to be a drastic improvement next year or this who's going to pay attention after that
1: well and it it was i don't know who it was doherty or one of the local guys was was talking about all attendance is down for you know again well gee duh you know i'm shocked i I have friends that have season tickets and i'm surprised they're renewing their season tickets i'm not sure i would i know yeah uh you know and, and you know they just they've got to do something to turn this this vacuum of fan interest around and like it or not next year they're going to be battling with fc cincinnati who will be you know playing big league soccer
0: yeah you know you and i are as obsessed about the reds as anybody when I mean, we take our time out to just talk just hang out and talk about the reds and and uh, so we're completely obsessed. I even wrote a book uh with Chris Garber about the reds the big fifty
1: the oh, men in moments that that it again
0: it. the name is the big fifty the Men in moments that made the cincinnati Reds. so but if but you know i don't I don't go out to the ballpark as all, nearly as often as I did before. um my son doesn't have a whole lot of interest in going i mean he likes going if we go he's he has fun, but he's not you know yeah you know, i don't
1: I don't go as much as I used to yeah. either. So, and there's a lot of reasons for that, you know, for me. It's right. not just that they're not winning. With every game on television now, which I, which I it's a whole thing I don't understand, why well, you think your attendance is going to be up when somebody can sit at home and watch it on television every night. But well,
0: especially with HD now. Um,
1: that, you know, it's just the difference in
0: jam- All right. What was that? I don't know. Love it. It's Dance it Party a, USA here at Red Nation Radio. Baseball
1: reference going uh, crazy,
0: yeah. We just talked about that earlier. Sometimes they yeah. pop up one of those. Uh, I thought you were ready to start the dance party segment of our podcast.
1: But part of that, I think, is just generational. You know, I I love going to the ballpark, but, you know, if I can sit home and watch it on TV, and and I'm, I'm guessing every team shows every game now. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree, but if they're winning, I want to be down at the ballpark more. You're going to want to be there. Probably. You know, to feel the energy and I mean just, there's no doubt about it. But man, at some point you've there's a couple of generations here that have never had a winning Reds team uh, or rarely had a winning Reds team. I, you're not getting those guys back cuz they were never there. You lost them because you were garbage for the better part of two decades.
1: Yeah, I mean it, it's been a long long time since since they went deep into the playoffs. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, 1990. 95. I guess they went deep into the the national yeah. championship series. Okay. Anyway, um, thanks for the question, Thomas. Let's move on to another one. We answered uh, one from uh, Peter Salmon's uh, last week, and got another couple, several more actually. We're going to try to answer one or two of them here from Peter. Uh, Peter Salmon says, "Hey Chad, thanks for answering uh, my previous question. I'm 15 years old, and you actually inspired me to start my own baseball podcast with my dad, called Growing Up Baseball. Sounds interesting. I have to check that out." Uh, yeah. Peter, growing up baseball. Um, so as a 15-year-old uh, Peter says, I always laugh when I hear the line, we need to attract more kids to baseball from uh, baseball commissioner Rob Manfred. As far as pace of play goes, I love baseball for its slow, calm pace that can get intense really, really fast, and basketball for its fast pace that gets the viewer interested. My question is this, why would the people in charge of baseball want to change baseball to make it more enjoyable for people who aren't baseball fans right now, that will just make it less enjoyable for hardcore baseball fans like us who love it the way it is. What do you think about that? You think it's some, uh, I think that's pretty profound for a 15 year old kid. <laughs> it's not bad, huh?
1: I, I, I don't understand why he put the basketball part part into his oh. question. But, Here we but, go. But you don't but, like basketball either. No, I love basketball, but I don't understand what it had to do with the question. No, okay. uh, but I think the kid's right on the mark. And I've said this many times. You know, you attract baseball fans to baseball. You don't, you know, you don't alienate the ones that are watching by changing the game. You know, it's it's just like this this idiotic idea of the way they want to change extra innings like they're doing in the minor leagues now. If they ever do that in the big leagues, I'm done. Because it's not baseball anymore. Um, yeah.
0: and,
1: and, and I, you know, and... and I, I, you know, showing my old, my gruff old man. I don't like. I still don't like the designated hitter. It's not baseball.
0: Okay, I, you know, I'm going to play the devil's advocate here, which is that attendance is going down everywhere. Uh, baseball is clearly not as popular as it used to be in the in the national interest. And the, it's go- how many years has it been going down? Two, three. Well, the population of, of baseball fans has been getting older every single year. The average age of a baseball fan gets higher every single year. And they're not refilling the coffers with those with those uh, younger fans. And so I would be concerned from a long-term perspective, we got to figure out some way to appeal to the younger generation. Now, I don't think changing the, the, the fundamental nature of the game is the way to do it. Uh, You know, you're trying to appeal to people who aren't going to like it anyway. Um, You do need to do some things to try to appeal to people who may, you know, I think the slow pace can be a thing that's, you know, uh, you can sort of, uh, I think at some point it gets to be, the games get to be too long. And that's why soccer is so good. You know, you're, you know, it's two hours, you're in and out. Um, But, you know. Yeah, and it's not boring. uh, Love
1: them, love them zero, zero games.
0: Bill, I, I, I just don't know what to do with you. You're just you're so wrong about everything.
1: I'm never wrong, and you know it gets tough to be up on this pedestal you put me on, Chad. Oh my
0: gosh, <laughs> do you do you carry that soapbox around with you everywhere you go?
1: Everywhere I go, you know, you know that.
0: <laughs> actually, I do know that. Um, yeah, I think it's a tough call. I, I don't like what I don't like about the way Manfred approaches this whole thing is that uh, it's like sort of uh, you know he's advertising against his product. You know what I mean? He's he's talking down his product, whereas he should be emphasizing all the great things that will appeal to people.
1: And he talks, and he's basically, and, and by doing that, he's talking down to the people that put the
0: money in the coffers. Yeah, it's it's anti-marketing. Yeah, and so I you know I agree. I think that you need to uh, you don't have to fundamentally change the game. The game is great. Um, I, well, I think there are some issues with this uh, home run or nothing, uh, you know, and, and fewer balls being put into play. I don't think – and that may be me being the grumpy old man. Um, I don't think yeah, it's fun to watch. Every,
1: everything – you know, every part of the game cycles.
0: Yeah. And you know, this won't last forever either. Well, maybe not. I don't know. It depends on what the computers tell us to do.
1: You know, I, I, I miss – the excitement of baseball in the, in the when I was younger. Um, again, I'm showing my, my grumpy old man side. But I, I miss the running game, and I miss the pitcher throwing over to first base. You know, and I think we've talked about this. You know, again, going back to Joe Morgan, who we were talking about, you and I were talking about off air. You know, I can remember when he was on first base for the Reds, and pitchers would be throwing over there six, seven, eight times, and you could just feel the tension building in the ballpark. And that ninth time, he'd take off and steal second base anyway. Hmm. And to me, I miss that kind of stuff with baseball, I, you know. And and but
0: you know, everything cycles around, and I think that'll come back. Maybe, I don't know. Depends on if the computers tell it to come back. Um, I think that whole thing about liking the way baseball was when you were growing up is uh, there's there's something to that. It's sort of like they, they always say about uh, your favorite Saturday Night Live cast is whichever one that was on when you were you know, in high school or in your 20s or something.
1: Well, the original one was the best one. There's no doubt about that.
0: But. Okay. You just proved my point. <laughs> um, I'll take uh, Mike Myers and Dana Carvey and uh, Phil Hartman. Um,
1: Over John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd, Gilda
0: Radner. Overrated. Sure. All overrated. <laughs> Oh, you're a silly boy. <laughs> there he goes again. One more from Peter Savins. Is Nick Senzel or Hunter Green a more valuable trade chip? And what player would you trade both of them for? So what do you think? Is Nick Senzel or Hunter Green a more valuable trade chip? Senzel. Because of the Green injury? Um, uh, uh, no, I think because he's got more of a, a track record. And he's closer to the big leagues. Well, but yep. I, I think the yep. tra- track record is what makes Green tantalizing, though, is that you don't know. You just got that big arm.
1: Yeah, but uh, to me, uh, and you may be right. I mean, neither one of us are GMs, and you can say, but to me, Senzel would bring you more than Green would right now.
0: Well, Senzel is, uh, you know he's going to be, I guess Senzel's floor is higher than Green's floor. Uh, You know Senzel's going to be a decent big leaguer. He's proven that at this point, if he stays healthy. Green's ceiling is higher than Senzel. Green could be the best pitcher in baseball. Senzel's not going to be the best player in baseball, or the best hitter in baseball. True. Um but you know I think Green could and also about today and a year from now that could be completely different. Yeah, yeah. And the question is, what player would you trade both of them for? Uh, I would trade either of them in the right deal. I don't think either of them are untouchable. I would trade them. Uh, how about how about we trade both of them together for Mike Trout? I'd take.
1: I'd make
0: that deal. Oh, I'd make that deal.
1: <laughs> I'd up. buy. Season, I'd buy season tickets tomorrow if Mike Trout played in Cincinnati.
0: But we don't have a place for Trout to play in Cincinnati. There's no position for him. Where are you uh, going to put he's, him? He's going to play the outfield.
1: Over who? Oh, don't. He's going right. to play. Oh. He's going to play all three
0: positions in the outfield. He's that good. He could. He really is a comic book superhero. Uh, yeah, I guess we could let him play over Scott Shevler. I'm okay with that. Okay. All right. We agree. Don't don't, don't doesn't the stuff that come out of your mouth make your head hurt? <laughs> buddy my head is so empty all the time that it doesn't hurt at all i just spew whatever i want to spew <laughs> yes exactly um we got a question uh for viewer mail from taylor puckett who emailed at chad dotson at redlegnation.com as you can taylor says hey guys love the podcast always look forward to the new one my question for quote viewer mail in quote is this with a hot stove heating up, the Reds' need for starting pitchers and the Mariners' willingness to sell the team, would a package including Jonathan India and, say, a veteran like Billy Hamilton be a good enough return to bring in a pitcher like James Paxton? If not, which pitcher on the league could we get for that kind of package deal, or what else should we include? Thanks. Uh, let me just address that, because we did talk about Paxton a little bit with uh, Jason Linden on the last uh, Viewer Mail podcast. Uh, Paxton, to me, is a pretty good, uh, you know, I put him, a step below these guys like Keichel and Corbin that I'm talking about. But he would help the team. He's just had some trouble staying healthy. Um, I would never trade Billy Hamilton for anyone. Sorry, I was channeling uh, Bob Castellini there for a moment. Um, You know, I don't know that Billy Hamilton adds a whole lot, certainly to a team like Seattle, because Billy Hamilton's value is going to be to a team that is a competitive team where he can be a, a pinch runner, a fourth outfielder, a defensive replacement, and you can utilize his strengths uh, while minimizing what he, the things he doesn't do well. So you know, I don't know if the Mariners are right there, given the situation that they're in. Um, what about trading Jonathan India? Do you object to that? That's the Reds' first-round pick this year. Jonathan India, third baseman out of Florida, although it looks like he's going to be playing some shortstop um, next year and played some this year. What do you think about that? Just in general, trading Jonathan India. Same, sort of a similar question to the question about Senzel and Green a minute ago.
1: They're, they're like, and I think you said, there's nobody that's un, untouchable in this organization as far as I'm concerned for the right
0: deal. Yeah. Yeah, I'm okay with trading. and Actually, I don't mind including India in some kind of a package. It's just I don't have any idea. In a package for Paxton, I just don't have any idea if that would – it's just hard to say what that's going to bring back. The, the Mariners say they're going to be trading some people, but you know they're not really under the gun to trade Paxton. He's under contract. So it might take more than that, and I'm not sure I'd be willing to give up a whole lot more than that for a guy like Paxson just because of the injury concerns.
1: Right. Hey, I, I really don't want them to bring a guy in here with a huge injury history. It's it's too iffy for what we want to be able to do moving forward.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I worry that that's the that's the, old, the same old Reds. Here's a guy we can get at a discount because of the injury well, history. That's the guy we're going to bring in and hope. Hope that he's uh, okay. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, uh, but to answer your question a little more there, Taylor, I think that including India or Hamilton or anybody, uh, I think you got to be open to anybody and everybody. And, and I'm sure the Reds have their fielders out with every single thing about which pitchers around the league are available. And so it's hard to say, which pitcher could we get for that kind of package? Cause it's really just, there's so many uh, things that are fluid, so many things in motion and I don't have any problem at all giving up Indian Hamilton or whoever in a package that brings in a pitcher. I think actually this is the offseason the Reds need to be looking to deal some of the minor league assets. And I I'm not going to, it's not going to hurt my feelings if they trade any of them. So I think you feel the same way, right? You're finally right about something, Bill. We
1: finally agree on something, which is rare. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, these these assets are, and I think the reds have undervalued their assets in the minor leagues because they didn't they haven't pushed them along enough you know I think the higher you are in the minor leagues the more valuable you are and the reds you know sitting on guys and you know doing a second year in high a and second year in double a uh and it hurts their
0: value when it comes to trade time I don't know that's always true I think it's often true but I think guys like Hunter Green are still incredibly valuable even though they haven't moved along yeah, too far. They're not the
1: ones with high profiles, you know? Yeah. The, the, the shed longs and the, and, and kids like that, that, have, you know, that are kind of languishing
0: yeah.
1: and not, not getting pushed forward as fast as we think they should anyway. And I, and I'm not saying we're right, but, uh, you know, I think it hurts their value.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you know though? And less than I did yesterday. And that's scary. <laughs> All right, right. Let's uh, another question. This one from Brian Bowdy. And Brian asks, this, you'll enjoy this one, Bill. With the coaching staff changes and anticipated pitcher additions, I'm thinking about making a spring training trip this year. Have you ever done an unofficial Red Leg Nation spring training meetup or thought about one? Weekend of March 15th looks pretty good this year. Late enough in spring training with several home games within a four- to five-day period. Thanks. Keep up the good work. And then he also has, P.S., as a, van, as a fan of viewer mail but also a former high school English teacher, my Red Leg Nation loyalties are split as to viewer mail and listener mail. So well, Brian,
1: first thing I'd say to you is quit sucking up the Chad Dots.
0: <laughs> when, you know, when you know he's wrong, tell him he's wrong. No way. Nobody tells me when I'm wrong, <laughs> ever. Put Sabrine on, will you? Uh, she's the only one. That's true. She never tells me that I'm right. Uh, you've been to spring training a bunch when they were in Sarasota, right? No, no. Just one time. Oh, uh, just the once. And actually, we didn't even really go to spring training. We went to a
1: spring training game in Lakeland, yeah when they are playing the Tigers. Oh, so, okay. Deion Sanders is a red. Wow, that was a yeah. that was a long ago. Again, I, I'm again showing my age. I, I think Brian's done a great job here of scouting this out. I mean, he's looked at the schedule and he's looked at the you know the when they've got a bunch of home games and and my wife and I have talked. In, forever about you know doing spring training and that's why we were that's why we hated that they moved away from florida because that would have been a great and easy trip for us um i'd love to do a trip out for spring training and i know a lot of people that have and and they say it's a great time you know you get a lot of interaction with the players uh it's a much much more relaxed atmosphere as everybody knows and and i think it'd be great to do a a red leg nation thing out there but we have a hard enough time getting it together here.
0: That's true. We've, <laughs> it's difficult to schedule in Cincinnati, much less, but, much less
1: three quarters of the way across the country.
0: Yeah, I've never been to spring training, and it's one of those things. Every year, I'm, I say I'm going to go, and uh, I just haven't yet. Uh, this this spring actually might be possible for me. I'd have to look at the calendar and see what we got going on. But uh, if anybody else is interested in uh, heading out the weekend of March fifteenth, um. Yeah, you know, let us know. we we'll, at the very least, uh Bill and I can FaceTime in, right? Yeah, we can do that. <laughs>
1: well well and, and and my wife will be retired by then, so we'll be a retired couple, so oh we can gosh. You know,
0: we're we're available. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we'll FaceTime in and uh then it really will be viewer mail. Yeah,
1: then it would be viewer
0: then it would be viewer mail. Excellent. Brian, you've figured out a loophole for us. Um so, no, I love the idea of doing a red leg nation spring training meetup at some point, if not this year or the future. You know something else I want to do? And uh, you're past your prime, so this probably doesn't interest you anymore, but I really always want to do the fantasy camp. Whatever they call it, I've had I've had, I've had friend I I've, I've had one friend that's
1: done that. I think he's done it twice. Yeah, and and, and he says it's amazing. You know. No, absolutely I, I wanted to do it when I was younger. Uh, it, I I don't think I could do it anymore. I'd be spend a whole week in the training room. But
0: uh, <laughs> well, Greg Gages does it. I think you here he probably somewhere similar. He does every single year, loves it. And he, I think he does end up in the hospital every year. I so keep seeing the pictures, but uh, he has a fantastic time. And Chris Garber, uh, my co author for The Big 50. Chris uh, and I have talked for a long time about doing it. It's just, it's very, very expensive. And so it's uh, been tough yeah, to but,
1: part with I don't how know much what it can. costs now. I, I don't know what it costs now. When I was first starting to look at it, it was only about
0: two grand. Yeah, last I saw, 4500 4, 4, forty five hundred something like that. Uh, maybe more at this point. It's been a while since I looked. So that's a lot of money to part with for a week. For a week. Yeah, for but uh, but it would be a lot of fun. It'd be a, I'm sure it would be a memorable week. You know, you would never forget it. So um, that's something I'd like to do at some point. Maybe I will. Um, I don't know. Brian, thanks for the question. Brian Bowdy. Bowdy. Bowdy rhymes with howdy, he said. That's how I knew how to pronounce that correctly. Brian
1: Bowdy. High school English teacher.
0: Yeah, really? He's a, so he did, we do have some literate people that, that, that listen to us every now and again how can they stand listening to this ridiculous accent of mine the way I butcher the English language how can they stand how that how can
1: they stand listening to us bat around nonsense for an
0: hour lots and lots and lots of nonsense um alright let's uh maybe grab one more right now uh, question then we'll then we'll get out of here and probably won't be able to dig through this whole email because it was a long one um but we'll dig through part of it from Ron Payne. Ron uh, says, I enjoy your uh, posts and podcasts. Wanted to send you some trade ideas and some suggestions for free agent signings. We all have our own versions of how this offseason might go. Here are my thoughts on some moves that make the Reds contenders in 2019. And I guess we'll just go ahead and run through what he says. And uh, just for the funsies, I don't know if, we, if uh, we can really have much to add to this, but it's you know for funsies. Sign free agent pitchers J. A. Ha- J. Hap and Gio Gonzalez. Sign both the two year deals. Given the Reds two solid lefties in the rotation, um, and the Reds have been, at least in the case of Hap, has have been linked to him. It's, they've been talking uh, blockbuster trade: Corey Kluber for Scott Schebler, Billy Hamilton, Sal Romano, and Amir Garrett.
1: Don't I'm surprised you would even you would even say that.
0: <laughs> Let's talk about what do you think about that? Is that a, is that a possibility? Kluber may be on the. I, just, I would think he's going to draw a better. Kluber pack. may
1: be on the block. I'll tell you what, though. I mean, you're giving up four guys off your 25-man roster for one pitcher. That's that's giving up a lot.
0: Especially when one of those guys is Billy Hamilton. There he goes again. <laughs> Next blockbuster, the Reservoir Victor Robles. Go, going back a step, though, do you think you could get
1: half or Gonzalez for a two-year deal?
0: No, uh, yeah, maybe. You think? I, three. I think three. Two's probably pushing it. Would you get? Would you sign anybody for longer than a three-year deal? Yes, but only those top-tier guys. Once you get, once you get past the, I know you've said you won't, but I don't think you can get one of those top guys if you don't. And if you're going to compete with what the market uh, price is, that's what you're going to have to do for the guys like Keichel and Corbin. Um,
1: so you're going to sign guys that are already in their thirties, the four and five-year deals. That's not my money. I guess. but but you're you're killing the team down the road
0: (sighs) yeah okay killing the team down the road that's going to be so much worse than what we've got now
1: well there's that that's a good point
0: I mean give me just a little bit of success right now I'll mortgage the future I don't care what do I care I would like to see
1: for today isn't that what we said earlier
0: that's right I would (laughs) like to see him be active in Corey Kluber trade talks but that is a I don't know if that's enough to get Kluber and it does. It does cause a big hole, you know. Two-year, two-year outfielders. Yeah. Um, Romano. Yeah, I don't mind trading him. He's, he's going to be a reliever. Garrett's just a reliever at this point, but both could be effective relievers. And they're both very young still uh, under team control. So, but I yeah. have
1: less. I have less with trouble with trading Romano than I do Garrett.
0: Yeah. Me, oh and, yeah. Yeah. Me too. I think, and I yeah. think I think they'd want Winker instead of Shevler. Um. Oh yeah. I'm sure. I don't make that deal with Winker and Garrett and even Romano involved. Yeah. Then you really are trading a little bit of uh, youth. Yeah. Um, that's a little bit too much of a mortgage of the future. But I do like the idea of having Corey Kluber in a Reds uniform. Um, oh, I do too. Uh, next uh, blockbuster trade uh, Ron Payne recommends, get uh, Victor Robles from Washington for Jonathan India, Tyler Stevenson, and Anthony Di Sclafani Be your leadoff hitter and center fielder.
1: Yeah, but you got I I don't think you, I don't think they I don't think they'd make that deal.
0: Maybe not, but India and Stevenson are you know, number one picks and Stevenson's healthy again and uh looking pretty good. I think those are future mid yeah, league leaguers. Play, he did finally play a whole season, didn't he? He did, and so I think his prospect status may be, you know, uh at least climbing again.
1: But again, they they, they kept him at one level, I believe, for the whole
0: season. Yeah, but i you know, injuries and I don't think that was a bad idea because he's only like you know 14 years old still, so. But Robles, of course, is going to be 22 next year. He's just uh, you know he's.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure
0: that's enough. I I don't know if it is or not, Um, but I think I, I think I just might do that, for him Um, at his age under team control, uh, you know before 2018. The 2018 season, the most recent rankings, he was the number two prospect in all of baseball, according to Baseball Prospectus. Um, you can put put him in leadoff. You can, uh, yeah, looking at his on base percentages, just uh, he, he's he's good. Um, he's the real deal. That's why I think it would take more than it might. But I think I would. I think I would give that package up if that could get him. I think I would do that. I think I do it in a heartbeat.
1: Well, I he would, would do it. I would do it. In a second.
0: Yeah, I guess that's the always the question: who says no first? And so, well,
1: and that's the thing: if you and I go, well, I jump at that, then they aren't <laughs> getting enough.
0: Yeah, they're not it's on the other side, right? They know what we know. Um, next trade: Redson Shedlong and Aristides Aquino to Minnesota for lefty reliever Taylor Rogers. Yeah, I don't know. Never heard of Taylor Rogers. I probably should have. I'm, I'm probably exposing myself there. Yeah, I'm the same way. Sure, give me give me. A Man, I don't know that much about Aquino. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I think Aquino is, I don't know how he's going to do. A lot of power. Um. But that gives you a, a rotation, he says, of Kluber, Hap, Castillo, uh, Gio Gonzalez, and Tyler Malley. Yeah, I'll take that. That would match up pretty rotation.
1: well for everybody.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. Um, the lineup, uh, Robles in center field, Vado at first, Suarez at third, Scooter at second, Sinzel in left, Winker in right, Peraza at short, and Barnhart at catcher. Yeah okay, yes. Sign me up for that. Oh, um, you're essentially trading Scott Shelber and Billy Hamilton for Zell and uh, Victor Robles. That's not bad. Um, no, no. Now the next question uh, that Ron asks is: Am I crazy, or could these moves actually happen? He's probably
1: well, I, crazy. I want to. I, I want to know what color the sky is in your world, Ryan. Ron, <laughs> I love the. Uh, I love the but thought you put into this. I love, he it, I love this, the though. ideas. You know, it's it's. Well, I'd love to, I, you know, I'd love to see some of these, you know, things happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot, so many moving parts. It's hard to say, but uh, you know, I guess I could squint my eyes and see, well, okay. But I think probably Ron, you're you're crazy. But I love it. It's my kind of crazy. I love I love the way you're thinking. Um, the Reds need to be. I don't know if it's these specific deals, obviously, but the Reds need to be aggressive. This is what this is the type of stuff they need to be looking to do, shaking things up big time. Because you keep doing the same thing, you're going to get the same. Uh, result. So uh, I love your brand of crazy Ron Payne keep bringing it on Uh, feel free to send us more crazy talk in the future because Red Leg Nation Radio is about nothing if not crazy talk. Am I right Bill? It's the the world's most dangerous podcast I've been told. Now you're getting on board finally. You have any parting thoughts for us Bill? Um, I'm interested to
1: see how soon they fill out the rest of the coaching staff um do you think any of the coaches from the previous staff will be on will be back?
0: No. None? None. Zero. I,
1: I think I think at least one will.
0: You, and think, I don't, Bill, you think Billy Hatcher or Freddie
1: Benavides? Those would be my two that I would predict. Long term, you know I don't I don't see franchise it. guys. Uh I think it's a mistake, but that's what I think will happen. Maybe. I hope I'm
0: you know, I, I am wrong once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once in a while, right? It's my wife. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, somebody alert me when you're right about something. Eh, Thanks uh, for playing. Yeah, I don't think that they, I don't think they're gonna uh, bring any of those guys back. I think they're making a clean break. Um, I think we would have heard already if those guys were coming back because those are those are the easy ones.
1: Well, the other thing is they maybe look they may fill out the rest of the you know the roster and then use those
0: easy ones to fill in holes. That's possible. It's possible. We need a bull we'll I, mean, yeah.
1: I hope. I hope you're right.
0: Yeah, yeah, me too. And it's nothing against either Hatcher, uh, who's you know uh, had a very memorable career with the Reds. And I mean, at this point, he's Mister Red. I mean. He- yeah, I mean, he's really, he's uh, he's been here for a long time. And, uh, and and Benavides has been in the organization a long time after being drafted by the Reds, I guess. Uh, or, or at least signed, I don't know if he was signed internationally, but he's been with the Reds since he was in the minors. So, yeah. we'll see. All right, I guess that's uh, that's it for this edition of Red Leg Nation Radio, episode number 236. You uh, you know what I always say here. If you've uh, listened before, and if you haven't, listen very closely. I need you to go to iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Subscribe to the podcast. Uh, leave us a rating, five stars only though. Okay. Uh, as we say, if you like us, talk about us. If you don't like us, keep your mouth shut. Right? Don't don't talk about us. Uh, but if you can give us a, a five-star rating, again, we keep getting bumped up on iTunes every single week because you guys keep giving us those five-star reviews uh, more and more every week and really do appreciate that. It really does help people find the podcast. Um, I'm Chad Dotson, at DotsonC on Twitter. He's Bill, at in Bill, Bill Lack, uh, over on Twitter. Um, we're at RedLegRadio on Twitter. and You can also follow RedLegNation.com, and uh, it's at RedLegNation. On Twitter, for coverage of the Reds every single day, since 1982? No, that's not true. 2005. 82
1: um, is that when the listserv started?
0: Just about, just about. Uh, started by Vern Rap, right? <laughs> no, um, Bill. Always fun talking to you, buddy. Always enjoy my time with you, my friend. Yeah, good time. So for Bill Lack and Vern Rap, this is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone.